Ciao, mamas. Welcome to the Outlets of Joy podcast. I am your half Italian host, Christina Stevenson. I am a meal creator, food coach, and mom to three shin kickers. If you are a mom who wants to know how to ditch prepackaged food and cook with ingredients you can pronounce, you are in the right place. I love talking about healthy food and how you can create healthy meals for your family in about 30 minutes without opening a frozen package of dino nuggets. Also, if you are a mom who struggles with being a mom, you are in the right place again. I don't enjoy being a mom and I love my kids. I needed a safe place to put that and I found one right here on my podcast. I was tired of feeling depressed, anxious, and unfulfilled with motherhood. And one day I decided that I had had enough. I found a few things to help me feel better. Now I want to share those things with you and help you find and shine your brightest light again too. This podcast is a place where I help moms find their shimmer through clean eating, finding ways to make you feel more optimistic, inspired, and fulfilled, and making you laugh. Now let's turn up that dimmer and find our shimmer. Hello, John. Christina, thank you for having me back for this part two. Like the first, I feel like I grew so much as a person just listening to your story for the part one. And I'm so glad that we're continuing it because it's impactful. I love being seen and heard. And you are so good at that. Oh. You have such a, I mean, you really do. I can I can feel your thoughtfulness as I speak. I can feel that you're really listening. You bounce back ideas. And as a mom, you know, I, I, I have kids who don't hear me. <laughs> they ignore me. So it's so, it's so nice. Thank you. Well, I mean, just in general, I'm trying to think about myself as a child and how much I really underappreciated my own mother because it was like her her love or her attention was all I knew. So I could avoid it or I could ignore it because I know that it'll always be there in a certain sense. It's a very rotten way of thinking. But I think as children, we're just very self-centered. So now as an adult, I try to be very different. And I really have to say that my parents could not be more happy you know, having me around and and feeling heard that way. Um, and they deserve it because they, you know, I, I was such a, a, a spoiled child growing up. So you're not, you know, it's not <laughs> abnormal for you um, to be in this case. And I'm so glad that, you know, listeners will get to also learn and benefit from your story. You mentioned motherhood just now. Do we want to continue mm-hmm. with that? I think so, because that's another part of me that, um, interestingly enough, has made me sad the last eight and a half years. However, the, 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 what is it? The curveball between the eyes recently since starting this podcast is that it's, it's kind of acting as this way of me hashing things out when before I was holding it all in. So now it's kind of like a little, it's making me a a little bit happier than I was. And I wasn't expecting that. Do you hear me? I wasn't expecting that. And, and, and I would love to say why, if that's okay. And, and what you said earlier about, you know, uh, appreciating parents, I never appreciated my own mother until I had my own kids. Because when I had my own kids, I thought, oh, this is what she did. Now I know. Now I know. But, um, okay, so my struggles were, I think, I think my audience maybe might or might not know this. Never wanted to be a mom, even as a child. Um, never enjoyed children. Never wanted to be the babysitter. And um, 
I got married to my first husband, no kids, divorced him. Then I met my current husband. Oh my God. I fell madly, deeply, truly in love with him. Still am to this day. He's the most wonderful man I have ever met in my entire life. Um, and so he always wanted to be a dad and he was so totally committed to me, made me feel cherished, loved and adored. And I thought, Oh, you know what? I feel like I can do it with him beside me because he was, he's so, he's so right on it. You know, he's so, he's my rock. He's my lighthouse. Mm. He's all, he's all things good. And uh, so, you know, we had, we had a baby and I was 39. So, you know, I I wasn't, you know, 18 out of high school. So I was, I was a grown up. (laughs) Okay. I had the career and all that stuff. He, he's actually, he's over here next to me. So I don't want to say it too loud. He's six years younger. So I think I'm a cougar. Mm. Go girl. Right. Right. Okay. He's sitting over there. He's so cute. So anyway, we had the first child and when she came out, I just knew it wasn't the right decision for me, Mm. sadly enough. And my postpartum was very bad. I mm. uh, didn't, didn't want to hold her. didn't want to touch her. So my husband was doing all the heavy lifting, so to speak, in terms of holding her. You know, sadly, I was looking at her while he was holding her and he would ask me, do you want to hold her? And I said, no, thanks. And I didn't realize that that was um, postpartum. I just thought that was my own feelings of not feeling worthy as a mother coming out, oh. not feeling deserving. Right. I'm like, you know, there's no way I can be a good mom. So why should I try to mm. be a good mom now and, and love this baby? And of course, you know, they're innocent, right? So she didn't ask to be born. So, you know, I don't want to punish her and all that stuff, but it was really hard for me to connect. Okay. And then, of course, I I think you you heard me when I told Stephanie why I wanted to have more than one. Mm. Because people would say, well, Christina, if you didn't like it, why didn't you stop? And that's a really good question. (laughs) Really good question. Yeah. And um, I grew up an only child. I absolutely did not like it. Um, so I definitely didn't want to have an only child for a number of reasons. One was I was an older mama and Mm -hmm. I knew that when they grew up, I wasn't going to be around, you know, in their, uh, I guess later stages of life. So I wanted them to have a little buddy, Mm. you know, after I died. Sure. Um, and then I wanted to have three. So, so I had another one, right. And same thing happened when I had my son, very bad postpartum. I did not want to hold him for the first three months of his life. Plus I wanted to cut myself. I've never had that happen in my entire life. Mm. I didn't end up cutting myself, but I wanted to, I would stay up and this didn't really happen during the daylight. So um, I would go back for my visits after postpartum visits to my midwife. Yes. And she was like, okay, how are you feeling? I'm like, well, you know, I'm really not feeling that good. I'm feeling depressed and all that other stuff. And I had told her like three months later, She's like, why did you come to me? I said, well, it happens at two in the morning. You want me to call you at two in the morning? She said, yes. Oh. But I didn't realize that the midwives were, were you know, generous and, yes. and they looked out for the mom. But really, that's their job. When you think about it in the past, the midwife is really there to help the mom, not only through the prepartum stages, but during labor and also postpartum, right? Wow. And I didn't know this, even though... I had a uh, hospital-based midwife birth for both of my kids. Yes. So I said, oh, okay. Um, well, I didn't know this. And so for my third one, I thought, I'm ready. I can handle the postpartum, right? And so, well, let me go back and say, the postpartum really had me disconnect from my own kids. I didn't right. form the bond that um, I think most moms may form. You know, I don't know about all the moms, but I'm guessing, you know, moms form a bond with their kids. And of course, I love them, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I didn't feel an overabundance of gush. Mm. And, you know, 
Um, so I guess it was kind of this weird place between, you know, I would die for them and not wanting to hold them and feeling like I was just a failure, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, like day one, mm-hmm, <laughs> which mm-hmm. was completely an utter, um, hooey. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So <clears throat> then we come to child number three and I was ready. I was like, okay, my postpartum, I got this. I actually put the suicide hotline in my phone. Great. A suicide hotline number because not that I was suicidal with with any of my um, babies, but because it got progressively worse from my first to my second. And I thought, well, if I wanted to cut myself with my son, Mm. what do I think is going to happen with my daughter? It could probably only get worse. Okay. So I had the suicide hotline number in my phone, you know, on speed dial, just in case I was feeling a certain kind of way at two in the morning when none of my friends were awake, when my mother was asleep, when my husband actually was at a training for four months. So I was left at home by myself with with really no family. Right. Yeah. So um, interestingly enough, I opted for a home birth with my third. Oh. And I had an absolute wonderful midwife and I couldn't think they would get more wonderful because with my first two it was a birthing center based midwife practice so I was giving birth in a birthing center but for this one there was a whole bunch of reasons I couldn't find a doctor down here that I liked I fired two pediatricians it was kind of a mess so I I said you know what yeah bump this I'm just gonna have a home birth you know they slid right out of me because I'm Italian I eat the olive oil and they just right out (laughs) in the car for the for the two of them like I'm efficient I can do this. I'm efficient. And I wasn't afraid of the process, even though by now I'm 43, right? Mm. So 39, 40, 43. So now I'm a really older mom. I mean, for the first one, I had all kinds of tests. Do you want the tests? You're high risk and blah, blah, blah. I was really, really good shape. Everything Mm -hmm. was fine. But because of my age, um, they considered me to be high risk. So I'm 43. um, Wanted to have a home birth with my midwife. Um, Turned out my blood pressure was too high because my husband left. And I had to go to the hospital anyway, but you know, I almost had her in the car and all that other stuff and everything was fine with the birth. Mm. And I came home to a house with no husband because he was mm. away. Mm-hmm. And this, we, we've talked about this, this forced me to have to, to hold her. Yes. I couldn't pawn her off on my husband because oh. he wasn't home. That's right. So I really had to um, cross that threshold that I had mm. before. And mm. remarkably enough, remarkably enough, I did not have the same postpartum experience with my third child as I did oh. with my first two. And I really, truly do believe that it was because my husband wasn't here and I was all by myself. I had no, no friends, family, no nothing. It was mm. just all me. Mm-hmm. So, so that scenario, so then I had my three and the reason why I had my three, I was going back to it is because, um, you know, it's going to be an older mama. I wanted them to have each other before, you know, as I got older and died and they were still, you know, they're still relatively young. Um, the second, you know, I didn't have, I grew up as an only child, didn't like it. The third, the third was because (laughs) this is, this is really funny. I am so into yoga. I absolutely love yoga. Adored it. Saved my life multiple times. It continues to do so. And mm. there are two days out of the year where they have, um, they celebrate the, um, I think it's spring and winter solstice. Okay. Where the little yoginis celebrate the solstices by doing 108 sun salutations. Oh, beautiful. And when they, and three is a multiple of 108. So okay. <laughs> that's my reason. That's another reason. 
Got and of it. course, and the unbreakable bond story that I, that I love to tell is um, mm. I really want to foster a really strong relationship among my three children because when their grandparents die, who they who they have a relationship with, and when me and their father die, mm. they don't have any cousins, aunts, uncles at all. Well, we're not close. Both of my husband and I are not close with our, with our um, siblings. I have half siblings and step siblings and I really don't have a relationship with them. So they will virtually be by themselves without any family Mm. um, unless they make some of their own. Yes. So I need them to be a really strong triangle unit. And I know that in nature, I've read somewhere that the triangle is one of the strongest structures in nature. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. So that really fueled me for having three. And there's a story that I've heard before. And, um, you know, I want to take them outside and tell them the same story at some point. So when I take them oh, outside, it, yep, it's yes. going to go like this. I'm going to grab a big stick. It's going to be about three feet long. I'm going to break it in half, you know, on, on your knee. You know how you lift your knee up and break it? Okay. So that's the first break. I'm going to say, do you see how easy this was for mommy to break this first break? They're going to say, yes, mommy. Then I'm going to put all of those pieces together. So now I have two pieces Mm -hmm. and I'm going to put it up against my knee, break those two pieces again up against my knee. That was a second break. And I will Mm -hmm. say to them, do you see how easy it was for mommy to break these pieces over my knee? And they'll say, well, yeah, mommy. So then I'll take all of those pieces and I can't do math in my head. So I'm not quite sure how many pieces there will be. Maybe four. I don't know. Six by then. Yes. Six. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So then I will take all those six pieces, put them up against my knee and chances are I'm not going to be able to break it. Mm. And then I'm going to tell them, do you see how mommy couldn't break this third bond here? This third break. And they're going to say, of course not. And they're going to want to try and they're not going to be able to do it. And I said, this is, this is the, the reason why I had three of you. Because I want your bond to be unbreakable with each other when mommy and daddy are gone. That's so beautiful. It's so beautiful that I got the number wrong. It's actually four. It's not six. Okay. But the story okay. is so good that I'm like, oh, it must be six. I'm just like listening to this and imagining in my head you doing this exercise with your children. And it's so true. What beautiful. Uh, what I like a beautiful thing. A lot. Yes, Thank you. 100%. You know, originally when you said number three, like the third reason, and you were kind of giggling a little bit, I thought you were going to say that it's because your husband couldn't keep his hands off you. (laughs) That too. The yoga is also a very good number. (laughs) Yeah, that too. Um, We couldn't keep it in the pants. No, hey. John, what the it's true. Your marriage is just too good. It's a problem. It's a good problem to have. It's a good problem. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's the reason why. And um, I've struggled with being a mom ever since. And 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 I've recently, you know, come out of the closet to my husband and told him about it because it was causing me so much distress, anxiety, anger, frustration, and I was taking mm-hmm. it out of my family. And the last straw was during the summer when I went to visit my parents. They live in South Florida, so at the beach, right? Hey. The beach has always been my happy place. My husband and I got married on the beach, you know, in the sand. And so this time around, the beach did not make me happy. And I thought that's a humongous red flag. And I was calling him because he was at home. He couldn't come. He came for a week and then he had to go home and work. Yeah. I was calling him in tears and he he was not having a good time. Because, Mm. you know, who likes to be on the receiving end of a wife in tears every day? Nobody, I can tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Right. So he was telling me, he said, look, and I've always been a big fan of physical movement, right? He said, look, you know that you feel better 
when you exercise. So mm. go down on the bike. My parents' condo has a little gym with a oh, bike. Oh, cool. Yeah. And I said, okay, let me just go on the bike. And I did for 30 minutes. And I didn't feel better, but I felt neutral. Yes. I said, okay. So I did it again while I was there. Mm. And I felt, I guess, a little, one notch above neutral. And I did it again and again and again, like for a week. And I was like, wow, okay, now I'm feeling a little bit better. Okay. And then I got a phone call from one of my friends who, whose business was really thriving. And at the time I was trying to engage myself in some kind of business and I didn't know where, what kind. Sure. So I said to her, I said, wow, I see that your business is really thriving. You're getting busy. You're incorporating, you know, more things and that. And how do you, what's your secret? Can you tell me what you do? And she said, well, I listen to, I surround myself with people who inspire me. And I said, well, that's great. But, you know, how can I do that when I'm a mom? I really don't have the means to go out. I still have a little one at home. You know, yeah. logistically, logistically, it's really hard. She's like, girl, you got to listen to some podcasts. I said, Oh, okay. So now I know. So I started off listening and, and she sent it to me, right? It was one of, it was a five minute podcast by Kathy Heller when, when she was oh. doing her daily doses, right? I no sat way. on it. I sat on it for two weeks. I was resisting. Yeah. And uh, the reason why I was resisting is what I told her and told myself, oh, I prefer to listen to music. Mm. I don't, I don't like to hear people talking. Yeah. Okay. So I sat on it for two weeks. Let me tell you when I finally listened to it, it was five minutes because that's all I could endure. You're being in the swirl, circling the drain. Yes. And I thought, wow, this is great. Let me listen to another one. And then yeah. I listened to another five minute one and then another five. And that one led to, you know, another podcast that she recommended, which was 30 minutes and on it. And so it goes. And then I started to um, come out of my shell and started feeling, you know, wow, and attracting, you know, really the good things. Then I joined an online women's support group, which was great for two months. Wow. And that really got me out of the gunk and funk. Yes. Very much so. Um, and I was starting to, I guess, telling people my shame, right? I was starting, mm. it was like bubbling and I couldn't hold it in anymore. And I finally, yeah. you know, on my Instagram page, what was it in, in September? I just kind of started just regurgitating all the shame that I had around being a mom mm. meaning and what that means is I don't enjoy being a mom and I love my kids that's what that yes, means that's okay. right and I couldn't find anybody who shared the same sentiments on social media because everybody was posting all these pictures of oh happy kids happy family I love these babies or mm. my world and I couldn't relate to that because I'm like I just can't do all this happy kid stuff because I just I'm not there no so I put that out there nobody listened I found that I felt better. Yes. And I think Brene Brown says, once you put the shame out there, it starts to dissipate. That's right. And once I did though, and then it kind of, kind of kept doing it and doing it and telling my, my mom friends, you know, in person, look, I struggle with this. And they're like, oh, I struggle with this too. I was like, well, I'm not alone. And how come nobody's talking about this, yes. you know, in this way, because nobody talks about, everybody talks about, here's a list to be a better parent. Here's a way not to yell. Here's a way to, you know, do the laundry. Here's a way to have more fun with your kids. Here's some arts and crafts to do with your kids. And I'm thinking, I can't, I, I'm not, no, I'm not the mom to be. That's doing right. It. Yeah. Um, but I found that when I talked to moms personally, they were feeling similar ways Yes. Yes. And and as I put it out there and I kept putting it out there, I'm hearing feedback from people. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, Christina, you're so brave. And I struggle with momhood too. And now, now we're at the point where, okay, I'm at the social media point. I'm I'm starting my podcast because I need to put the sadness somewhere. Mm -hmm. 
and it has nowhere to go and I can't, I can't uh, live healthily with it on the inside anymore. No. So I told my husband about it. You know, he's had to deal with it because it's no fun for him to listen to that either. That's, that's what was rough. That was a rough conversation. Sure. Yeah. You know, he's like, do you regret it? I'm like, yeah, I do, but it's not their fault. And so how can I just, you know, go past them? Yeah. So in, in my, in my journey to do this little podcast thing, I've met a whole bunch of wonderful people, you included, mm. who um, gave me a little bit of advice not too long ago that I want to share here. And all that advice in conjunction with, with a conversation that my husband and I had uh, last week, based on the behavior that my daughter was exhibiting, which wasn't fun for me. Mm. I feel like I've made a little teeny breakthrough you know you're in a cave and you take the the hammer and you chip away yes in the cave to try to find the circle of light right yes 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 I feel like I got a little bit of a circle of light over this past weekend oh amazing and I want to share with people the story that you told me in case some moms are listening who are experiencing similar stuff right And, and you're just kind of really put me over the edge here so you were talking about how you came from a family, um, a Christian family where you went to church. That was part of your life, right? You, you counseled kids when you were a teenager, you went to church, your, your father was a minister. Am I correct? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so you had this sense of community pretty much your whole life where you, you were used to, you know, um, maybe giving people some suggestions. You, you said to, to me, a while ago that people would come to you for maybe life advice, you know, as, as an adult, but you've had this background where you've, you've kind of felt this strong sense of family and community based on your experiences at church. I never grew up with the church. So I don't know that, that, that community, right. That sense of community. And you have such a great way of, of gathering people. That's one of your superpowers. And so what you told me that day was if you um, had a family now, which you are planning on in the future, that's one of your goals, right. One of your big dreams you would have children and you would teach them things like, you know, what does the family need? And what do you need from the family? So it's not just about, you know, what my kid needs, what, what my kid needs from me, you know, what does my kid from me to, to function as a better mother? And that's a lot of, that's a lot of pressure. And it made me feel really, um, I don't know. Uh, it was just kind of a heavy feeling. But then when I think of the family unit, what does the family need from each other? That seems like such more of a, a, a community-based, you know, loving environment, because now it's not all on me. It's all about, it's all about the family. It's all about bringing people in to support one another. That triangle strong bond that I was talking yes. about doesn't happen with one side of the triangle. No, no. It happens with the three sides. So, and, and you gave me the simple example of cleaning the home where you said your mother drilled it into you that this was not a hotel. Your home is not a hotel. And she would say, John, pick this up. You know, this house is, is mine and your father's, but one day it will be yours and maybe your brother's. So you have to pick up the house. Like it's not a hotel, like it's a home where you want to live. And then she would make you clean your room and you'd go through five rounds of the cleaning of the room because you didn't do it right the first four times. Yep. But you said that she would constantly explain to you and repeat it over and over. This is not a hotel. This is your home. And if your home is messy on the inside, that means you are messy on the inside. And it was really just a revelation because honestly, my home is a wreck and it's pandemonium and chaos all the time. And I was, I never grew up that way. And it bothers me a lot. It bothers mm. me a lot. And it makes me feel messy on the inside. So I started to incorporate this whole family thing. Like, well, what does a family need from each other? Plus my husband and I had a conversation um, last week when, when my daughter woke up every morning and it was a fight every morning. She's nine years old. We butt heads anyway. 
Um, and, uh, you know, I was, I was talking to my husband about, well, what can we, what can I do about this? Like, you know, she didn't talk to me at the bus stop. I could feel, I could feel the static. I could feel the disconnect. And of course my fear is that I won't be close to her growing up and then she'll go and she'll do drugs, get arrested, prostitute, you know, all the bad things that we think about as a mom, you know, what's going to happen because you're, because you're messing up your kid. Right. Mm -hmm. And so he said to me, like, we had a chat at the table, the dinner table. And we had the conversation about not what the family needs, but what can I do for you, Sophie, my daughter, that's her name. What can I do for you? you know, to be a better mom and what can you do for me? So it was kind of like, you know, what can the family do for each other? But you brought in the family component. We brought in the individual components. And at the end of the conversation, it was good. It was fine. And we, and I go back into the kitchen. This is after dinner with my husband cleaning up. And I said, honey, what happens when tomorrow she does the same thing as she did, you know, the whole week. And he said, then we talk to her about it again. Mm. And then we do the same thing the day after that. And then the day after that, and then the day after that, until she gets it, because your job as a parent, he was telling me, Christina, is to guide and to lead them. And I put up some resistance. And I'm like, but I don't want to do that. I've never been a leader. I've never, I've always been a follow. Even in swing dancing, I'm a follow. You know, I don't, I, people tell me what to do and I do it my whole entire life, beginning with my mother who told me, you know, presented me with no options whatsoever. So that's where I get it from. And it's hard for me to make my own decisions, especially when I have multiple options, because I get really confused and paranoid and um, overwhelmed. But anyway, when he when he put it that way, in combination with your whole family thing, in combination with uh, starting my own podcast, which means I am a leader in my own little podcasting world. So I have to be, I have to step up and I have to think of things to say and I have to, you know, reach out and kind of lead the way for my own well-being so to speak because that's what I'm finding that this podcast is doing for me mm. it kind of all the planets all aligned wow. in a great in a great way and I have to tell you this past weekend it was one of the most satisfying and fulfilling weekends I've ever had as a mom in my life and oh. and, I, and I'd like to say also <laughs> that you know I still have those feelings I was talking to my husband the other day and I'm like oh you know so I went on the trampoline with my kids they asked me to play with them I don't like doing that but I did it anyway and I ended up having fun because it was a trampoline it was a physical movement we were yeah. all having a fun time right and that yeah. that really I like that I like bicycle riding I like roller skating with them I don't like to play on the floor with toys but the trampoline thing really, really made me happy. And we bonded in that moment, right? And then they were hugging me that night. They never hugged me at night. They're, I mean, I love you. They never say that, you know, without mm. prompted. And, and it was, I was like, oh my God, I did my job. I, I was guiding them. Yes. I was teaching. I was teaching them. Yes. But even though on the inside, I, I had this little, uh, I don't know what it is, um, mommy demon. And, and, I, and I spoke to you before, I call it the Babadook based on a movie that I saw. Mm. And it's, it's the bad part of me that, I don't want to surface, which does like the mean mommy, right? So yes. the Babadook yes. is like the mean mommy. And I yes. still still had the mean mommy feelings in my in my chest. Um, but I kind of like put it in the basement while mm. I was while I was playing with them. And yes. so while it's still a part of me and while it's still there, it didn't dissipate altogether. I felt like, okay, I'm gonna shut you in the basement for now. I will visit you later and acknowledge that you exist. Because you are a part of me. However, mm -hmm. right now, I'm going to go do this with my kids. And it was really, oh, I got to say, it was quite remarkable. So thank you mm -hmm. for your little story. Oh, oh Yeah, my heart just melted. Like, I cannot 
think of something more important in life than this thing. And it's, it's just like, it's everything. And I love how you're still not different. You're still a mother who love her children, who do, does not like motherhood. And that's okay. There's no pressure for you too. Yet you make choices that are so helpful for yourself and for your children. And I love it because children are so just pure. They will yeah, naturally. Yeah. yeah. They just, and so, you know, I, you, they just went up to hug you and they told you that they loved you because that's just how they feel. And I think it's so interesting. And I'm trying to be a little bit more mindful now, you know, when somebody is responding in a certain way negatively, um, I try to think about what's going on in their life outside of what I know that might cause them to lash out this way. And a lot of this is you're doing it. You're building the relationship. You're communicating with your children. And who knows, maybe next week, your oldest daughter will all of a sudden say to you, mom, you know, I'm sorry for lashing out every morning. And the reason I did that is because this thing is happening at school or whatever that might be, you know, it it doesn't matter, but your consistency breaks through their own behavior of up and down and your fun overcomes any you know, conflicts that are there, because ultimately, you still are the, you know, the the light in their life in so many ways. It's just so like, this is this whole thing. Thank you for sharing. Oh, my goodness, this whole thing. What an, what a story. I had to share it because I, I need you to know. I needed you to know how that that story, what I took from it, how it affected me and me being a mother that I really wanted to be. And that's important for me because I don't have that. Mm-hmm. And you're creating it. And this is the beauty. You're also creating. I was just going to say this earlier when you were talking about the three kids and not having cousins and whatnot. Christina, I want you to know, and I almost want you to write this down. You are creating your own legacy. There will be generations of the Stevensons that will happen. And the kind of family tree and culture that will happen because of you and your leadership and your husband Woo! and his leadership. This is the beginning of like, think about the extended family that's going to come from your children. Yeah. They're going to have their kids. Maybe all of them are going to have three because they're so, you know, caught up with the triangle now and they all want three <laughs> of their own. And now there's nine of them and then they're all going to get married. And like the, the legacy that you have created Sure, you came from something and that's wonderful, but you've always had a choice of whether to be a continuation of that or the beginning of your own thing. And you decided to start your own thing and look at how beautiful this is. I like couldn't Thank be you. more excited. Thank you so much. We all try to break the chains. Well, at least I do. The um, the mothers in my family on my mother's side have not been cool. <laughs> it's been the mental illness, alcoholism, depression, um, and, and I don't know, I think we all try to break the chain of our ancestors while we still love them at the same time, because, Hey, yeah. what can I do better? What can I do different? Totally. That would make, that would make it better with the resources I have. Obviously my grandmother, you know, she was from a generation who, who did not learn to drive. No, she was born in Italy. She never finished eighth grade. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with the resources that we have is what I'm talking about. And if we're aware, if we're aware enough, then maybe we can do it. And if we really want to do it and find a way to do it, it's so important. But um, thank you for saying that. I accept. I receive. Thank you. Of course. (laughs) And this is just the beginning, you know, teenager, you know, is going to be another thing. 
and then whatnot. But you're starting this habit of them enjoying playing with each other, enjoying playing with you and having this communication out loud about the family. Oh, so good. What, um, you know, what would you tell the listeners now if they feel some kind of despair when it comes to motherhood? Oh, that's a good question. Oh, take care of yourself first, because that's how it started with me. Meaning, you know, do some exercise, do some meditation, eat well. Um, and and I, I hear that a lot, right? I hear that a lot in my, oh, take time for yourself, you know, go do this thing, go outside for a walk. Now, let me tell you something about that. There was mm. a time where I couldn't do that. So I'm not sure. just going to tell you to, to go for a walk because I know that some of you cannot do that. But what I would always recommend is start with meditation because you can wake up in the morning and do that. And then you can go to bed at night and do that. And that will change the neuro pathways of your brain to start to get you to neutral. And what I love is I always say, I'm willing to see the possibilities because mm. it has no expectation of I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be happy. That's right. Um, so if you say to yourself, I'm willing to see the possibilities, you know, like five times in the morning, five times at night, and then increase it from there, that will help you get to neutral where you can start to, to see the possibilities that might not be there in terms of taking even more care of yourself and maybe meeting somebody who you never thought um, you would meet in a way that you never thought you would meet them. Obviously, you know, like for me, on social media, never in my wildest dreams did I ever think I'd meet a group, um, John, that you created and, you know, met you and all these other wonderful people who I'm starting to get to know. Um, you know, you may find somebody who influences you, like you influence me in terms of a sense of community, because I don't know about that stuff. So I'm learning from you and I'm kind of like, okay, John is doing this. So maybe if I do this, you know, I'll feel better. And I do. So be willing to see the possibilities, right? That's all meditate yes. if you can't get out if you can't afford the gym membership like we can't don't do it if you can't afford a massage you can't get to it then then you can't do it either so just meditate first and then mm. go from there. well i think it's very obvious to all the listeners here your willingness to try and do shows your leadership skills and that makes you the perfect person for people to reach out to so in case anybody's listening right now who stumbled onto your podcast and is not following you on instagram or don't know how to get a hold of you how can they find you <laughs> On Instagram, I'm at Christina's Culinary Cabaret. My name is an Italian spelling, so don't put the H in my first name. It's just C-R. Facebook is Christina's Culinary Cabaret. Uh, same thing with YouTube. I have some cooking videos on there. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's how you can find me. Oh, my podcast is called Outlets of Joy. Of course, mm -hmm. you're right here. You're listening. Yeah. Of course, you know. <laughs> Duh. Yes. No. And it's <laughs> so. so great because... Like to all the listeners, if what Christina just suggested about meditation for a little bit or taking time to yourself, if you need a customized plan of what that looks like for you because you can't figure it out, Christina is the perfect person for you to reach out to. Oh, I love and, that. Yeah. And, Email and me, get, text me, drop me a message. Love it. Exactly. Reach out because Christina's been through it and why have to go through it and, and re reinvent the wheel when Christina has a beautiful wheel that's been, you know, in practice already. This is such a great conversation. I cannot wait for more. I feel like there's so much of your story to be unearthed. And all of this makes sense, especially in your love for food, in your interactions with your children and your love for your children to grow up healthily with having a good relationship with food as well. Thank you, John, so much. I appreciate your, your time as always.
My pleasure. We'll talk soon. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you know anyone who would like to listen, please share it. If you would be willing to submit a review, I would appreciate that too. As a thank you, I have a special freebie for you. It's my guide to alternative sweeteners. It has been said that sugar is a silent killer. If you are looking to decrease your amount of sugar intake or learn how to use natural sugar substitutes in your cooking and baking, I have this super sweet guide, no pun intended, that I created especially for you. In it, I have included 10 natural sugar substitutes that you can use in your kitchen. Plus, I list glycemic indices if you are watching your blood sugar levels and ratio substitutions so your work is done for you. Go check it out at subscribepage.com backslash sweetguide. I'll list the link in the show notes too. It's free.